thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout, episode 15, a preview ahead to week 12. As always, delighted to be joined by the man of the era, too sweet to be sour, it's Rocky. How are you, mate? All good? Hanging in there, Sasquatch. Adjusting to a new routine. Um, in the real life, we are real people. We have real lives outside of this podcast. <coughs> Just started a new job, so adjusting. Don't shatter the illusion. <laughs> we're just per- we're just personalities. Yeah, we're just caricatures effectively. Um, I yeah. don't think it's a strange week eleven. Yeah, I don't think I. Before we move on to football, I don't think I ever ask how are you doing. How are you? Thanks. Doing. I'm 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 okay. I'm a lot better that finally someone has actually shown that they care and they've asked. It's only taken what fifteen weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. Considering your yeah, with the previews, yeah. What are we at? Fifteen weeks. Well, look, I do care. There you go. Time to move on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I suppose what better way to kick us off than the week eleven recap? Week eleven recap. Yeah. So as per usual, uh, as if you don't get to listen to me enough over the course of this podcast. Kick it off with a Sasquatch stat. So, the stat this week, the New York Jets averaged 2.7 inches of offense per play during their second half loss to the Patriots. We'll no doubt get to that later, but uh, yeah, 2.7 inches. I know. That's uh, Apparently it's that's a lot. pretty long. Uh, I hear that's, yeah, that's quite I a... Yeah. I think any woman should be satisfied with 2.7 inches of offense, but look. Uh, they should be. Battle for another day. And they rarely they are. And it's not fair. And more is just being greedy. Yeah. Um, but look, <laughs> I suppose to the actual results, the main reason we're here. Uh, Thursday night football, obviously the Titans victorious over the Packers, 27 points to 17. Chicago again losing a one-score game, uh, coming up undone against the Falcons, 27 points to 24. One of the worst games but not the worst game this round. The Ravens overcame the Panthers 13 points to three. Bills victorious back, bounced back 31-23 over the Browns. The Commanders uh, got the job done against the Texans 23 points to 10. Phillies scraped by the Colts 17 points to 16. The Jets fell victim to a a miracle in... um, Name escapes me, Gillette Stadium. Um, 10 points to 3 victory for the Patriots there the Rams tough season continues they lost to the Saints 27 points to 20 the Lions upset the Giants 21 points to 18 3 in a row I called it last week you didn't believe me but I called it the the, in a battle of the who cares in the AFC West the Raiders overcame the Broncos 22 points to 16 yeah, as, as Nathaniel Hackett said before the game, somebody had to win that game. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Um, the Cowboys put the league on notice, overcoming the Vikings yes, forty points to three. Maybe a bit of a hangover from Buffalo for for Minnesota, but yeah, big statement win for the Cowboys. Bengals uh, marched on against the Steelers. Didn't maybe. Um, did the best job they could, but they overcame the Steelers 37 points to 30. The Chiefs overcame the Chargers 30 points to 27. 
And finally, just last night, the San Francisco 49ers overcame the Cardinals tw- 38 points to 10. So that's kind of it for the Week 11 recap. Yeah, I think we're probably guilty of not Any- talking too much about the uh, the Monday night football games. Um, I don't think we're going to break the tradition this week because last night's game was not good. Not good. No, um, I suppose the, the main talking point is kind of I suppose San Francisco have now kind of firmly established themselves as potential uh, NFC dark horses. Yeah, um, if you look at their strength, if you look at their strength, the victory it's um, very low. They've beaten up on bad teams. Mm. They've lost to some bad teams, but you still can't help but um, be nervous if you're one of the the playoff teams. You know, you can't help but be nervous thinking about facing them off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I know maybe it's something we do need to look. But look, obviously we operate in Ireland. We both both work in. We don't have an awful lot of time to go back and watch that game in depth. It's we'd be recapping the game on 10-15 minutes of highlights. Um, but look, without much further ado, let's get to the main crux of it. Let's get to five and goal. Five and goal. Five and goal. Yeah, so I think. <laughs> Thank you, Miguel. Thanks. Um, I think it's myself to do the honors and lead us off. Take us um, away, Maestro. Begin this. Yeah. So, like before we do all this, I mean, like we'd be ridiculous not to let the good listeners of this podcast aware that we do have an affiliate partner it is usasports.co.uk to kind of treat yourself or a loved one to something nice this Christmas just click the link in the podcast description and there is oodles and oodles and oodles of oh look at you oodles that's like young person slang that's what they're all saying big boomer head me anyway we digress. Uh, so look, you know the links there at this stage. I hope we do after fifteen weeks. But look, um, so moving on, I suppose one of the upsets of the weekend was the Lions. So is the Lions' victory on Sunday three in a row? If you want to put that out there, symptomatic of a how far they have come, b a potential oversight on the Giants' behalf, or c a coming to earth of what has been an impressive, if not overachieving, Giants' season. Hmm. I think it's a it's a mixture of all what it a big part of it is the Giants collapsing to injury over the last two weeks. They're out um a number of receivers, uh offensive linemen, um Adore Jackson, their cornerback one <clears throat> excuse me, he was injured on a punt return. So I don't know why I don't know why Dable, who we've lauded all season, I don't know why he was, you know, in there as the punt return personnel. Um, look, I think Detroit definitely had a lull, sort of early mid season. They, their offense cooled off and their defense continued to stink. I think both of them have come back to sort of average with the offense still being a little bit potent. And the Giants, like I said. A lot of their wins have been in one score, by one score. So I'd say they were a bit overvalued, a bit inflated. I think we're seeing the, the Giants crumbling here. Fair. Um, yeah, so are we kind of saying that maybe the Giants, that the Lions haven't improved? And it's just kind of... Well, I don't know. I'm not sure if... 
older Lions teams would have, you know, maybe won this game. Um, That's very true. Like Daniel Jones and Sa- Saquon were still on the field. Um, Saquon had a limited kind of effect on the game, and and Danny Jones, like well good with his feet, struggled until kind of the fourth quarter to kind of get the passing game going. And even then, so, all he had was um, Richie James and. I can't even think. Slayton had a good game. One day Robinson is um, is injured now. Um, Kenny Galladay, mm. I think, dropped a pass, and that was his his <laughs> contribution. <laughs> Kenny just comes on, drops a pass, and then disappears. That's him. <laughs> Until next week. He's making a career. Um, um, his Giants career on drops. Yeah, it's uh, it's magical stuff. Look, uh, I do think the Lions are definitely heading in the right direction. Aiden Hutchin. Aiden Hutchinson looks like the dude. He looks. I think he has um, more interceptions and more sacks than anybody else. Um, I know we said Sauce Gardner was the runaway, the rookie of the year. Aiden's making the making a case, um, and their defense has just improved across the board. Kirby Joseph, he's a rookie safety, and he's one of the top safeties this year. I think they are improving, and I'd say it. It the injuries have played a big part, but the Lions are improving. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with right. That. So, moving from a low tier team to one of the top, Kansas City are now the unanimous top team in the AFC, and probably the entire league. What teams do we think would have a chance at upsetting them? So let's imagine there are teams, you know, will will for the case of the AFC, teams that they could meet in the AFC championship game and then teams they might meet in the Super Bowl that could potentially upset them. There's not too many because I just the faith I have in Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Like see like teams that have a chance at upsetting them. And teams that we categorically believe could upset them are two different things. Like I think, look, yeah, I know they Buffalo lost. Definitely. They lost to the Colts, but I'm not going to consider the Colts. Mm. You know, for this for this question mm. here, like I, I kind of rescinded it, it on Sunday by WhatsApp, but I still do think there's something in the ball, the Baltimore Ravens, and um, but they've they've kind of infuriated me so far. I think. The Bills, like the Bills, definitely have a chance. Mm. Whether we believe they can legitimately overturn them in Arrowhead, um, and then look, I we're going to get to them much later because they have been disappointing. But I, I definitely think there is potential that the Chargers could upset them. I just don't think they can. Which that's the thing. Like, like a team could upset them, but I don't think. It, there's many teams that can. And I think, for me, it's probably just Buffalo in the AFC. You don't think? I think then, I like the Titans. I don't. It wasn't a, a real sound. I just like the Titans. I think they're solid on offense and defense. I know you're, you're going to come at me with um, Tannehill and his passing game and the receivers. No, I'm actually going to come at you with their playoff record in recent years. They kind of, they've got one big playoff game in them. And then, ultimately, they come unstuck. Um, yeah, look... I I can't argue against what their record is. That's that's set in stone. That's fact. But I think statistics like that 
they're they're much better a measure of you know history than a you know a predictor of the future i mean like you see how many records yeah, and trends you see booked that's true but like let's let's play devil's advocate here and and, and uh, imagine in a kind of a magic world now <laughs> magic world what am i on about but imagine you could play last year's Titans against this year's Titans. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, probably last year's Titans. Yeah. So, so they've, they've gotten worse. Everything else around them has probably gotten worse, to be fair. Um, yeah, look, and maybe that's it. I, I think um, maybe Vrabel has just managed to maintain a bit of consistency while a lot of teams have underperformed around them. But the thing is, we've, we've talked about Vrabel as being a kind of... Yeah good coach um, we'll move on to some some nfc teams just so we can spread the load there um i think the the top th- yeah. three or four we're looking at are the eagles the vikings the cowboys and the 49ers i think they're they've emerged mm. as the top nfc teams yeah um yeah i'm not willing to go on the cowboys because i just i just think they're too inconsistent I know it's going to seem quite harsh, but I just do think they are too inconsistent. No, I I agree. Um, I don't trust McCarthy or Dak, um, and I know we'll probably be labelled as haters given the thrashing they gave the Vikings. I wouldn't choose the Vikings either, mind you. No, uh, and the Cowboys were on the floor last week, so they're very much week to week. They are, um, yeah. So um, if it comes down to the Eagles or the Niners. Look, I'm gonna go with the Eagles. They've they've been shaky the last couple of weeks, but um, I think you could make the 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 argument that it's it's on miscues and mistakes of their own rather than just you know shy play. Which which is which is fair, but I subscribe to the concept of of styles make fights, and I think stylistically, the Chiefs would absolutely destroy. Philadelphia as it currently stands. I think the 49ers would give them a game. But I think Philadelphia could beat the 49ers in a playoff game. And that's brutal honesty there. At, at this moment in time. Yeah, yeah. We're also in a in a situation where sorry to Akasha. I know it's an early career, but we still haven't seen a playoff win. And I know this is a playoff win from Hearts. But we have we have playoff wins from Garoppolo. Especially when he's been underperforming, he's still they've still managed to be able to pick up wins in difficult places. You're right, you're right. So, I'll see that point. Um experience in the playoff matters and this Philadelphia team is untested, untempered by the playoffs. So I suppose I would probably see it and give you the nod there with the Niners. Which is fair. Um yeah, and I think the time I went that about eight years ago. So we move on. Mm. Can't keep people here all night. Can't keep people here all night. We'll um, make up time. But yeah, moving on. One of the uh, one of the sides, as as was previously mentioned, um, we're both obviously Eagles fans. So as Eagles faithful, should we be concerned again about the difficult offensive showing in Indy, or should we just be thankful for a road win and somewhat of a clutch one at that? Um, but kind of a bit of a stand for. Hurts, uh, just to throw another stat at you, I think there was seven designed runs for Hurts in the fourth quarter, which is huge because we were chasing that game. 
It's a huge uh, testament to the confidence in him. Yeah, well, I've seen people um, criticise that they were designed runs and, you know, not pass plays given to him. And that, the look, I think Hertz came up big there. He hasn't been running over the past number of weeks and that has helped. You know, that helped that fourth quarter comeback because people thought he was leaning away. Um, look, I do think it definitely is concerning. I said, I was trying to mitigate it there and say it was all, you know, shooting themselves in the foot and that itself is bad. Like, if you do that against a good team, you won't be able to, you won't be given the opportunity to come back. Um, but I think the mm-hmm. first two drives... I think both got into indie territory and penalties or or a, a bad sack on Jalen took them out of field goal, goal range. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the third drive, they were going down the field um, and then a bad snap by Kelsey launched over Jalen's head uh, and he took a, a big loss there. They had to settle for a field goal. And then obviously we know, we know the defense kind of limited indy and the eagles eventually got the win i think there was lots of points there that were just miscued absolutely yeah i think um, for me I but can, it is I concerned offensive penalties but what but we did in that game that kind of infuriated me is we, we compounded them so it was a drive in the second second quarter where i think there was three back-to-back penalties and it ended mm. up being first first and 35 and and we got it down to I think three and maybe eight and then we were sacked. Yeah. It was just like yeah. what a what a waste of a possession. I think even injuries, uh, like we're only going to talk in about injuries more as the season goes on because it's it's hitting teams now. But uh, Dallas Goddard, their tight end one was out, and mm. Tyree Jackson was a backup tight end. He came in and committed one of the penalties. Like simple as that. That contributes. Um. Obviously, I'd like to point out as well, though, like the two pickups for Philly during the week, Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue, they were big. Um, Jonathan Taylor had a lovely first drive, averaging seven yards per carry, but they weren't on the field for that first drive. When once they were on the field, he he averaged less than four yards per attempt. So, I'm hmm. I'm not. Yeah, the last two weeks have been good for Philly, but I'm not panicking just yet. No, same, same. Um, anyway, plenty of stuff to be optimism, optimistic about anyway. Um, do you know what? Every side is going to lose. Yeah. But an, a good side can lose two in a row. I'm not saying we're a great side just yet, but it is the hallmark of a great side that you don't let an ups, a, a defeat become two defeats. We've seen every good team this year lose a bad game. The Chiefs mm-hmm. lost to the Colts. Uh, Philly lost to Washington. The Bills lost to the Jets. San Fran lost to the Bears and the Broncos. Um, the Cowboys lost to Green Bay. And Minnesota lost to, well, they lost to the Eagles and the Cowboys. But they were bad losses. So Yeah, embarrassing losses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're crazy if you think there are any teams that are far and away better than anybody else. I do think the Chiefs mm-hmm. are on that top tier, but everybody has those days. Or everybody mm-hmm. has those days. Yeah. As the great Hannah Montana once said. 
I think on that note, we'll move on. <laughs> right. Speaking of, the Vikings got whooped by Dallas. Are our concerns over the Vikings record affirmed in that it's a bit fraudulent? And are Dallas the number two team in the NFC? I know we spoke about the 49ers as a potential number two team. But man, that, that was a statement win from, the, win from Dallas. So what do we think? Yeah. But. Like, and, and I think this is driven by media outlets in the US. But the Cowboys. Their season is going as well as their last game. It's on. Like, yes, they hammered the Vikings make no bones about it but the only way I can describe it to you is do you remember the, the Super Bowl where Broncos played off against the Seahawks and the Broncos absolutely just fell asunder and the first play I think ended up being a safety they snapped the ball back to Peyton and went up over his head and it went all the way back for a safety do you remember that Super Bowl? Um, no I don't Okay, but uh, as soon as that happened, I was like, I was like, it's Seahawks only. It's like, and kind of something similar happened in that Micah just got to Kirk Cousins on like I think the first or second play. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't need to watch this because I know Kirk wants none of this, and that's <laughs> the bit I've always said about Kirk is is we know what he is and he just doesn't. He, he, he just will he's destined to let you down I yeah look anyway. it was some win for the Cowboys but like it was such a letdown spot from the Vikings considering they they beat the Bills you know that was the number one team in football they just beat them they were they were at you know they peaked and they come into the Vikings and they probably expect, just by virtue of beating the number one team, they compete. And, well, you saw that didn't um, didn't exactly happen. I think Zadarius Smith, before the game, he was like, oh, I'm feeling 9-1. and one. And, well, that didn't happen, Zad. A bit too cocky and they just weren't up for it. Yep. Yeah, I just... I'm 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 very uncomfortable, I suppose, about labeling sides below one in either AFC or NFC this year because it is, as we touched on, it's just been a wild and wacky year. There's been games like we had in between the Ravens and the and the Panthers and and the the Jets and the Pats, and then we've had like just massive upsets, massive free-flowing games it's just it's so difficult to predict this year and you just don't know what side's going to show up yeah like yeah as you say there were some big upsets and even some of the um the blowouts they're just not that convincing because it's so wacky no yeah 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 i suppose okay so moving on to another potential dark horse anyway um the bengals offense Continued to roll despite obviously Jamar Chase missing another game. And Joe Mixon also had to come off um, with a concussion. He missed pretty much the second half. But they're now 6 and 4. Where do they fit in this AFC hierarchy? Because to me, 
they're motoring along nicely and quietly and everyone kind of seemed well for the last while anyway to be like obsessed with the Chiefs and the Bills 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 oh the Bills have dropped a few Josh Allen doesn't look great so it's just the Chiefs yeah. the Bengals for me are motoring along nicely and they're coming in right under the radar so whereabouts do you see them fitting in in the AFC kind of hierarchy yeah I don't know because they are really under the radar um, and I think a big part of it is Jamar Chase not making these these big plays you know it's been T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Samaj P. Ryan and look if Jamar Chase comes back and he comes back sort of full strength and with his usual production that he could come back at the right time and he could get hot right as the, the playoffs start. Um, I think the Ravens have a relatively easy schedule going forward, so it's going to be tough to, to get the division title. But they've they might be locked in, not locked in, but you know, the playoff spot is there, theirs to lose. Yeah, yeah. Do, like, do we do we read much into what they did last year? Was it kind of an anomaly? Was it kind of a, a one-off, or do we think you know maybe there is? I suppose we're both maybe out on Taylor as a head coach. Well, not out, but unconvinced. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I've. I really don't know with Zach Taylor. He's. You know, scratch your head one game and, you're like applauding him the next, um. Or you know he's the last two years obviously he's he's, having good records but it's just the bad games here and there that just really just perplex you. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Um, look, maybe that's symptomatic of a young young roster. Um, I look, I I'm I make no bones about it. I'm a massive, massive Burrow fan. I believe he just has that. Je ne sais quoi, um, to our French listeners. Um, I think he just has that kind of clutch Brady esque. Um, yeah, yeah. Gene. I agree. Something about that Joey Burrow. Joey does. Um, right, I think we'll move on and we'll probably make up a bit of time here because we did already talk about Detroit. They're on a three-winning game winning spree. Uh, the first since 2017, which is not ideal. Um, have they turned a corner and what's their final record? I'm not going to go through their schedule now. But what do they feel like? They're four wins. Well, let's so refresh the listener's mind. What are, what are the Lions currently? They're four and six, aren't they? I think if, if and they could easily do this, if they finish second in the NFC North. With um, a, yeah. With a... Which where they are now? Let me see. Yes, I know that's where they are now, but I mean, if they finish there, with a record of poor, oh, that's a good one. What record did they finish with? They would 
I mean, I, I genuinely think, given the struggles of the the Packers and the Bears, who who have also played an additional game ahead of uh, the Lions, I think they could finish. I want to say I think they've got potentially three wins in them. Yeah. So we've got them, what, seven? above 500. No, I think I had them in the previews about eight and nine. Look, I think think they're on the the, the up. I think they've got some young players. Mm. I think Dan Campbell is um, certainly rough around the edges, but we're seeing just the the team go in the right direction. Dan Campbell is, like, to a, like, he is... Like an old time, like I'm thinking 1920s, like New York Times <laughs> editor. He is, he's the young journalist that the like chief editor used to say, he ruffles feathers, but damn, he's got moxie. That's yeah. that's Dan Campbell in a nutshell. I want pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> exactly. Damn, he gets the job done. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not fully convinced on him though. I think personality uh, no, wise and, and leadership wise, he's ex- excellent, but I think. He's probably someone who's going to always aim to get the best out of the Jimmys and Joes as opposed to nail the X's and O's. And that's going to... Beautiful. Poetry in motion. All right, let's bank the time there and let's um, move on. Yeah. Fair. Um, Fair. Um, Thanks for taking my point. Rehashing it. Your efforts now, they're all about cutting down the time and, and being as little work as possible. See my I'm all about efficiency. One, like, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna I'm like the it. Elon. I'm the Elon Musk of this podcast. <laughs> you bring it. You bring it crashing down. Look, obviously, staying in the NFC North, and I pushed for this previously, um, but I'm going to bring it up again. At four and seven, the Packers are likely done. They're going to face the Eagles uh, Monday Night Football next week. Mm. The Bears, who look, there's still murmurs that Aaron Rodgers owns them. It's followed by a late bye, and then return. They have four games remaining. And I would imagine, anyway, that contention for playoffs is gone by that stage. By the time they come back from their bye, they're done. Is it Jordan Love time? And, and I'll preface this by saying, for me, the season's lost the bare minimum you should get is to at least have a trade value for Jordan Love. Like, we probably know he's not going to be the future star on Green Bay, but we need to define what a trade value is for him. And I think a four-game window, if he goes okay, is probably about bare minimum for me. Yeah, look, I I agree with you that the, the season for the Packers is kaput um for our german listeners um <laughs> i think uh i don't know see the big issue with green bay i think has been that chemistry with aaron Rodgers and the the young bucks the young wide receivers and i get wanting them healthy for next season but don't you want them to develop that chemistry in live nfl games i'm like I don't think we saw Philip Rivers. He went out on his last season, and you know, 
with the Indianapolis Colts and they made the playoffs. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers is, you know, gone past his sell-by date and he's just, you know, suddenly terrible. I think it's been... No, no, hold on a minute, 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 hold on a minute. Miss me. No, no, I'm not saying that's the what you're saying. No, 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 no. I'm not. The importance for me. The I'm importance for me. For listen, listen. The importance for me for playing Jordan Love is. It's not about resting Aaron Rodgers. It's not about finding your new QB number one. It's about getting trade value because that trade value has to be flipped for more weapons. If so, but so facto. Be that in the form of draft pick compensation. Or be that in terms of free agents or trade partners. So that's the value to me for Green Bay playing Jordan Love. Yeah. It's a tough one. I, I think I think that's what you're weighing up is do we want to to advertise and maybe you know increase Jordan Love's trade value for a short-term gain, or do we value Aaron Rodgers' playing time with you know his young receivers more so? Like I don't know. I think let's say you do maximize Jordan Love's value and you get a nice pick from, and you spend it on a new weapon. You know it's still a new weapon, and what we've seen is the chemistry issue with and timing issues with Aaron Rodgers and look I'm I agree with you definitely I do because I'm big on draft picks and I'm big on you know drafting good young players I just it's weird with Aaron Rodgers not being able to elevate those young lads and it taking so long to develop the chemistry I think that's a less a chemistry issue and it's more a talent issue I believe those players are league average yeah. at best yeah, yeah, very possibly. And I, and he's 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 unfortunately gone from, look as bad a season as he's been in Las Vegas. It's undeniable who, that Devontae Adams is still one of the top receivers in the game. Like undeniable. Yeah, um, makes plays every day. Yeah, look, it's Green Bay are at least they're going in the right direction to have a nice draft pick to get one of the prime weapons mm. in the draft. So. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll agree to we we'll agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, I think so. Right, so the Broncos, those sunny side Broncos. If they had scored eighteen points, which is not a big ask now, you know, by maybe common metrics, thirty points a game is really good. Twenty points a game should be your benchmark. But if the Broncos scored 18 points in each game this season, they'd be 7-3. and three. How is first-year offense-minded head coach Hackett doing compared to other first-year head coaches? Um, I should have gotten a list of head coaches. That would have been wise. It's, it's, it's okay. Like, and we can even kind of we'll add shoot it. a fat over the last few years. Yeah, we can even go back a few years, just kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if yeah, if we look coaches. at this season, um, we've got Nathaniel Hackett, we have Matt Eberflus of the Bears, we've got Brian Dable, who's obviously you know heads and tails above just record wise. Um, Josh McDaniels, 
you know, uh, who else are we missing? McDaniel. 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 Mike McDaniel. Mock. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying not to be cantankerous, but I think Hackett and Josh McDaniels, the two worst coaches, first-year coaches, primarily because of the weapons they had and the, the strength of the roster and both men inherited rosters that got better from last year which is which is rare it's it's rare as a new head coach that you come into an organization and the roster has got better over season like over the course of the season you usually you're typically coming into a rebuild mm-hmm. as a first time well, I know McDaniels is not first time, but I think it's brutal. I think he's doing well to make it to Black Monday. That's for me. I, I don't. I look uninspiring. Both, I know you're big on giving them at least a year, but. Oh, look, I'm. Um, these two, I was going to say they're single handedly, they're hand in hand changing that policy. For me, they're doing their best. They're both offense-minded coaches. You know, McDaniel's was obviously like an unreal offensive coordinator during the prime years in New England. Nathaniel Hackett, you know, he was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs and uh, Jacksonville had that 2017 run. Two like really good resumes as OCs, and they come in and their offenses in. Uh, Las Vegas and Denver they're rancid they're so bad like yeah they're they're, they're brutal Um, like I I I, well I agree with the whole premise of keeping coaches for at least a year I, I just think some people you just know and I think we need to get very comfortable with the concept that someone might be an extraordinary coordinator but they they just don't have it in them to be a good head coach, and I think organizations need to be better at weeding those ones out. And maybe that's why Eric Bieniemy hasn't got the job. Maybe he just doesn't have head coach material, and, and that's what we're missing as fans of the game. Yeah, but, but how how can people like work that out in an interview? But they can't work it out with uh, Nathaniel Hackett or Josh McDaniel's or Urban Meyer or or any of these. It's just it blows my mind how he just hasn't. I know we we also um, proposed the idea that maybe he's waiting for a team he fancies. The right, yeah, yeah but the right, it, but yeah, it's just probably. It's just um, bizarre. I think we we might have a few head coach vacancies in the off season. Yeah. However, I do I think, still I think there's biases. Huh? I think there's biases. Like I think Josh McDaniel is always. Yeah. The people always go, oh, he's the Patriots offensive coordinator. Like, I, like, I'm not being cantankerous, but I think the Patriots were dominant for the best part of a decade, and I don't... I was never overly impressed with the offensive scheme. Like, the offensive scheme... It was Brady. Out. And, yeah. and that's probably quite a benign way of saying it, but yeah, me too. Anyway, um, speaking of disappointment, the Chargers. <laughs> Sorry, Chargers fans. Um, Yikes. They obviously were my prediction for a letdown team of the year. Currently, they're five and five, so they are five hundred. Um, second, the AFC West, a division we've talked at nauseum, has been a poor division, and ninth in the AFC. 
So just what are the thousand two charges? So time to maybe sack him off. Yeah, okay. I was pretty high on them at the start of the year before you portended their eventual disappointment. I was fairly, um, fairly, um, fairly like confident in that decision as well, um, if I recall. Which is strange. Yeah, you were. You were. Yeah, yeah I just. Um, look, they made a lot of. Like, um, like I don't know what they are. I don't know either. Um. But it's weird, like the AFC West was the division that made all the moves, all of them. Like they kickstarted the crazy off season, and it's yeah. And saying that, I say it was the AFC West. It was the Chargers, Denver, and Las Vegas that did it. Mm. Kansas City lost Tyreek Hill, brought in a, a couple of you know Mervis. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling and Juju but that was that was like the extent of their big moves and it is yeah. LA Las Vegas and Denver that have just been thoroughly disappointing um, again yeah. with the Chargers it's been bad play it's been injuries you know JC Jackson was their big cornerback signed in the offseason he was benched early in the season now injured Cleo Max has been fine uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen have both. It's it's just it's kind of like the the dream team sort of effect where you bring in all the a lot of big names. It just doesn't gel. Doesn't the cogs don't mesh? Yeah, and I, and I kind of was big on Brandon Stanley after his year one. Um, and that's that's the just... other thing. He went from like going on fourth down almost all the time in year one and he's he's totally gone away from that so i don't even know what his identity is yeah it's very true um i just they're they just the reason they brought it up is that is they seem to be a weekly miss for me isn't like i kind of yeah obviously you try and watch as many games you can what's gone going try and keep an eye on red zones you're getting big plays and then on a Monday night before we kind of start the kind of the bit of homework, we kind of probably go back and watch highlights and stuff like that. And I just always struggle to pick the Chargers highlights as the next set of highlights I'm gonna watch. Um, yeah, so man. I just kind of said, look, I gotta ask. I gotta ask. What are they? Big bag. Of yeah, they're. Um, they are the the Bermuda Triangle of NFL teams. Like, what the hell is it? What is there? They they are the minority of the NFL. <laughs> yes. Yes. What is it? Who knows? Yeah. Not um, as tidy. Yeah. But um. <laughs> yes. So we'll move on. Yeah. This is sort of moving away from the facts and figures and results of the week, and more of a talk on who myself and Sasquatch like what we like to see in a coach and do we like to see the cam stoicism of bill belichick or do we like the raucous motivator types like dan campbell or nick siriani i bring siriani into it because there was a video of him chirping at the crowds in indy um at eagles fans um and he has also been very vocal on the sidelines um 
what do you like in a coach? Do you like, you know, either side of that spectrum? Or do you, do you prefer, you know, them, I don't know, to be a bit... I'm, uh, I'm, look, obviously, I'm less gone on kind of the, the Americanisms, I'd say. Like, Dan Campbell is a fun watch, but I think if I was a Lions fan, there would be periods in time where I'd find him cringy. It's like, there's kind of funny tidbits that we kind of see, but then we focus on the other yeah. stuff we like to focus on and the other, the other teams and, and kind of our, the Eagles in particular. I don't think Sirianni is as raucous, I think is the word you've used, as Campbell. But I do think that what I look for in coaching is intelligence. Um, I like intelligent coaches who can kind of understand the game and kind of can understand where the game's going. So like obviously look, we've seen an increase in offensive coaches. I like coaches that have the ability to make the game plan based on the roster they have as opposed to the roster they want. Yes, that's a um, big like part. I find some coaches are quite ri- can be quite rigid. And I think that's something that Sirianni has done well is he's looked at what he's had. Having, I've got like a running back by committee. I've got a, a quarterback who can run them. And that's kind of the changes. You actually brought them up last week that we made mid-season last week. Um, and yeah, and I just, yeah, I suppose intelligence for me, I suppose a bit of calm, uh, stoicism, you can like it or lump it. I think it's kind of overrated. Um, but yeah, no, intelligence and kind of someone who's not afraid to, someone who's calm, but also, as, to quote Team America, I like balls, Gary. <laughs> and I suppose that's what I look for in a coach. There's a, there's a, there's a quote for you. Yourself, before you want to on this one. Um, yeah, I would be along the same lines. Like, I don't, I don't fault coaches for you know being sort of loud personalities. That's a bit of a homer take. Suriani definitely is that. Um, but you you see a lot of coaches over the years, and they're all they come across like blank personalities. And I know they're not there to be you know media personalities they're not there to win people over in the press conferences but it is nice to see something to differentiate them um if in the case of Sirianni there he was he was che- cheering massively after that win over Indy very narrow win one point over Indy and that's fine absolutely a, a coach should be happy they w- they've won but it was against the what were they three six and one Colts or four whatever they are and sometimes I also want my coach to act as if you know that's what it that's what it that's what's expected they've been there before you know rather than every win being but they haven't they haven't been there like, and that's the thing we've got to bear in mind like in Seriani's tenure they haven't been there before they haven't been this good and no, they haven't. I would say that celebration was a result of the loss to the Commanders, and they kind of yes, they were making the same the mistakes pressure. as before, but they overcame them this time. Hmm. Um, it's, but again, it's a yeah, bigger win, I think. Then, the, but otherwise, yeah, like yourself, it's you know, it's gonna be a a coach who knows the game, who will adapt. We we see it. Fair too often where um it was Dennis Allen. 
he was, um, I think it might have been in the Arizona game. They went at the halftime, not doing well, and he was asked at halftime, "What changes is he going to make, or what is it? What does he have to do differently?" And he just said, "Just keep doing what we're doing." Like, just some coaches don't have it. I and and think you can, anything and, to add there, and it's it's maybe something that's kind of befallen on Bill as of late, anyway. As I think, egoless is in like somebody who doesn't have a huge ego. Yeah, you know what they say. Um. Pride is the burden of a foolish man. No, was it? Pride is the burden. Pride. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Pride is the burden of a foolish man. And I think that's been an issue for Bill post Thomas DePatcher in New England. But I think, I think that's. It's about time to wrap up on five and goal. It's been a, it's been a lengthy, lengthy one. It so has. without much yeah. further ado, it, it's time for the week. 12 previews week 12 preview now so it's it's myself Take it away. first up um, you may be distracted by events in Qatar but it's a big day for the uh, the American brethren on Thursday and a nice day for us we Turkey day work at five. you've got three NFL games to look forward to Turkey day is right the first day game kicks off and it wouldn't be Thanksgiving without Lions playing football. They face off at home against the Bills. Bills, by my money, are 9.5 point favourites. Yep. Um, Bills kind of <laughs> had a bit of a, a lucky win. They got to play at Ford Field last week owing to the, the adverse weather conditions in Buffalo. So they're used to that pitch already. Um yeah, look, I mean, I think the Bills are going to win. I think Josh Allen struggling. He, he did kind of struggle a little bit on the weekend, but still. Josh Allen versus Jared Goff. I back Josh Allen every day of the week. Um, I'm not confident about that spread, though. 9.5 points. I don't. I'm not confident about it. That spread is, is big, and it's not like um, the Giants was... Well, it didn't feel like a, a really big emotional victory. I think that the Lions are just rolling with momentum here. Um, again, I think they have next to no chance to upset the Bills, but I will take them, you know, for a potential backdoor cover plus nine and a half. So that's that's where I'm leaning. So then the um the team that the or the Lions just beat the Giants are going to Jerry World Dallas are 9 point favourites I have Um. yeah I, I think five, but yeah. I think Dallas are just the superior team and the Giants are just they've. I think if the Giants were healthy I'd expect the spread to be somewhere in this neighbourhood but the Giants aren't and Dallas came as the only thing that's given me pause is that they they're coming off this big win. They they might get a bit complacent. Um. But look, I think I think Dallas are going to come out here. They they'll want. The Giants are keeping pace with them or have been in the division. They'll want the tiebreaker. The head to head tiebreaker. So give me Dallas minus nine. I think they're going to come out fierce. I'll take the Cowboys. I'm not touching. 
touching that spread. They're, they're two sides that typically play each other. You're a tight. hater, man. You're a hater. No, I'm not. I think I think the Cowboys will win, but I think it's like it's a seven point win for me. It's like a twenty four seventeen. It kind of reads like they. Yeah, win. yeah, that's fair. And that's look. It was twenty three sixteen in in their their game in week three. I know that wasn't Dak. That was Cooper Rush, but still. Yeah. I think that's gonna be played quite tight. Um. Pages at Vikings. Uh, if this game was played last week, I think we'd have a wildly different spread. But the Vikings are three-point favorites. That's what I have them at. Um, ludicrous. Um, I think that's a big bounce-back win for me. The only thing. It's prime time. It is prime time. And it is Kirk. But I think... Yeah. Against my better judgment... I'm back in the Vikings and I'm back on to beat the spread. I'm saying six point victory. Uh, yeah, look. Even if Kirk struggles, I I agree with you. That's I that looks seems like a big overreaction to their public spanking uh, during the weekend. Could be the Kirk effect. Uh, what's the thing is I'd like to look into not just not his record in prime time, but you know a lot of the time you're playing in prime prime time is. Either you're on a good team or you're going against a good team. So to be honest, I'd like to see the record or you know the teams he's lost. I don't. Uh, look, I know he's got the record to back it up, but give me Kirk minus two and a half. Get him back dancing on on the plane. Um. Okay. Another um <clears throat> sexy matchup. Uh, Russ and Bronco Country goes to Carolina. Carolina are two and a half point underdogs. The Broncos are two and a half point favorites. That's um, jeez, that is an ugly game. Probably the lowest total, thirty six points projected. Jesus man, oh, give me Carolina. I don't trust the Denver. Yeah, I don't trust the Denver give offense. Me- Give me Carolina. Um, I might give me a three-point spread on Carolina. I, got, I might, I might tip a lot. I might, I might take Carolina just to win straight up as underdogs. Yeah, fair, fair. It's, it's gonna be a puke off. It is. It's gonna be bad. Um, petition to keep games like this in the early slate on a Sunday so they can get masked by yes. hopefully some good games and red zone. As if well. you watch, if you watch um, uh, red zone, you mightn't see a second of this game. <laughs> unless it's in the octo box yeah 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 unless there's a score um yeah uh, moving on buccaneers off a bye at the browns so tom brady kind of did improve just before the bye and i think this is an absolute toss-up i don't think tom's gonna lose this one i think the three-point favorites tom versus jacoby brissett i think uh I think Jacoby Brissett would probably give one more kind of decent show and it is his last game before potentially giving way to Deshaun Watson. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm, I'm back in the Buccaneers and I'm back them to beat the spread, which is three points. Um, I just think that the Saints have started to put a bit of pressure on the Bucs and I think Tom will kind of kick into to hyperdrive now that Giselle is done dust. It's just him and him and his boys playing ball. So, yeah. Yeah, just guys, guys being dudes. What do you say? 
That's better than this. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think um, I think this game is a candidate for a, an upset for Cleveland. I think Brissett will be motivated in his last few games before he's relegated. Um, Radiator. By the return of himself, the Dark Lord. Um, yeah, but give me give me Tampa. I'm just gonna just gonna side with Tommy Touchdown there. I think their defense is still yeah. good. Their run defense might limit, you know, the biggest strength of the Browns. So, Fair. so now Big Truss and the Baltimore Ravens are traveling to Jacksonville. Um, I have. Um, I can't find them. Oh. Do you have a spread there? I will be able to get you one, and it is Ravens. I see it. Four point favorites. Ravens four point favorites. Um, again, I think this is a little bit of a knee jerk to the lack of offense we saw last week. Um, it's a tough one. I don't like four point spreads. I always think they're they're a bit. They uh, should be three. Um, well, if if the Ravens come out and they put up, um, you know, they win that Carolina game twenty to three, I think it's it's probably closer to like six. But yeah, it's just it's hard to know. I think a lot of it will depend on whether whether Mark Andrew plays. I'll go with the Ravens minus four. I'll go with the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be in agreement. Um, I, st- I just I still don't trust uh, T Law. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Um, moving on, the Texans at the Dolphins. Every Dolphins opening up at twelve point five point favorites. Um, does that make sense? Um, Davis Mills not starting. Yeah, I just I think it's Kyle Allen. Yeah, I th- I I actually back. I I normally get pause when it's a, it's a it's a heady kind of spread. Twelve point five is a, is a heady one for me. But yeah, I just think the Dolphins have too much firepower. They should even <sighs> Jeff Wilson Jr. Raheem Mozart have even started to develop like a a, a dominant run game. And I just don't think the Texans cover two can kind of keep Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle from burning them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back in the Dolphins to at least cover the spread by scoring 13 points in advance of the Texans. So, yeah, look, the Texans are frisky. but Yeah, um, I don't like, yeah, it, big spreads like that I generally don't like going once the one way or the other. If I had to put a bet on this, I'd be going on the under, under 46 points. Um, I think Miami will run on this. You know, the Texans have the worst run defense in the league. The Texans will try to pass, but Damian Pierce is, you know, is a revelation. They'll He'll get a lot of usage. Look, if you forced me to take the points, I'd probably agree with you and say just the, the Dolphins could outclass Houston if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, next game, Chicago at the New York Jets. Um, 
a lot of this i've the jets sorry as four and a half point favorites i think i don't know if um justin fields has been ruled out i know he's dealing with some sort of shoulder ailment left shoulder ailment that point spread indicates to me that he is not looking good towards playing i think the spread is more symptomatic of the jets defense um, and the fact that he has no offensive weapons, it, yeah, you probably probably is a point there where that is predicated on Fields not playing. I think backup would be Trevor Simeon. Um, Ugh, yikes! Either way, he's going to be playing in limited fa- faction. It was a dislocation, um, the shoulder. So, yeah, I mean, you know he's the guy. You know he's the guy. If I'm, do you risk him? If I'm um, Matt Eberflus. I'm I'm not benching. I'm putting that lad on IR. I'm keeping him healthy for next season. I don't want him yeah. playing, you know, at 50, 60, even 70%. I want him at 100% next season. And I'm getting him... With a whole new offense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, give me... Hands back win for the Jets. Give me the Jets here, yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on, this could be a smoky. Yes, this is um, spice. The spice yeah. melange. Bengals make the trip to the Titans. The Bengals open up at one point five point favorites. They're uh, look, Jamaris expected to make his return. Um. tough um, if it's a 1.5 point favourites Jamara's back Joe Mixon don't know where he's going to be with concussion protocols but if he's back out there he's fit and healthy Jamara Chase is back I think they'll win and they'll cover the spread bear in mind that spread is 1.5 points I'm on the flip side son Give me those um, Mike Frable-led uh, Titans. Um, yeah. Look, I think uh, the passing... I'm not going to argue with you on this one. It, no, it's, it's a coin toss. Yeah, it, for me, it's a coin toss. If you kept talking about the, the Bengals, you could win me over. Um, it's you know, it, it's a knife edge, to be honest. Um, that new time constraint. Yes. <laughs> um, the Falcons go to the commanders the commanders are four point favorites um it's a bit odd i would have these teams probably in the same ish tier you know that scrappy maybe overperforming slightly side um yes it is a tough one kyle pitts is likely to be done for the year so marcus Mariota will be thrown yeah so Marcus Mariota will be throwing to you know the likes of uh, Drake London, yeah, good first year player, and then you've got like Alameda, Zacchaeus, and Cordaro Patterson, and I don't actually I don't want to be smirch Cordaro Patterson's name, but just give me give me the Commanders that their defense is playing lights out at the moment. Manders minus four, please. Yeah, and Chase Young is is, is due to be activated this weekend as well. That's correct. You are correct, so. Yeah. Of course, incorrect. 
Um, moving on to disappointing teams. Uh, Chargers make the trip to the Cardinals. Um, Chargers open up at 3.5 point favourites. I guess it probably... Colt McCoy still going to be starting quarterback, I think. I'm not 100% sure on Kyler's return date. Uh, I think I'm going to back the Chargers to beat the spread. And I'm actually going to back them to beat it in a big way. Um, I, I'll i make them 10-point favourites against the Cardinals. Don't know what odds you're getting it, but I'd put money there. 10-point um, favourites, that is um, filthy. I'll do that up for you and I'll see what odds you'll get on uh, 10 points. Thank you. I think Thank it's you. um, it's a tough one. See, I think Colt McCoy, he's like an undervalued backup. I think he's actually pretty decent. Um, he wasn't pretty decent last night. No, see, at halftime, they were only behind seven points. It, it was really only in the second half. Yeah, but if, yeah, but, yeah, but if full time, they were behind 28 points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, look. Just admit I'm right. Let's move on. Yeah, Chargers, you're getting um, about like one and a half to one. Nearly two to one. So, that might be worth a punt if uh, you ever do a Sasquatch sesh. I don't know what you'd call that segment. (laughs) Yeah. The Sasquatch spending (laughs) sesh. Yeah, blow money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might better look than me. Las Vegas goes to Seattle. Seattle are three and a half point favourites. Um, I know Seattle were embarrassed before their bye last week. I would still have them as a as a bigger favourite than three yeah. and a half. Give me th- Seattle all day, every day. Yeah, yeah, twelfth man. Uh, I don't predict an upset there anyway. Um, yeah, back to Seahawks. Respect for respects to. Uh, I suppose moving on. Um, mm. I'll get to the point spread in a minute. Um, this game probably would have been on a lot of people's lists when the fixture list was was released, but it kind of shows the contrasting forms of both sides. The Rams at the Chiefs, and the Chiefs open up as fifteen point favorites. Um, yeah, look, that Rams offense breaking down. Defensive line injuries have got worse. Stafford is joining Cooper Cup on the shelf. Oh bless you! And I, yeah, don't. Hopefully you didn't hear. I, I think I got hit pause on the mic just in time. Um, yeah. Look, I think, I think that spread of fifteen points could be generous at the end of this. Yeah, there's really nothing going for the Rams at the moment. Um, the only thing that does, yeah, give me pause is look. Kansas could could um cover that spread no problem. The only thing is, you know, at some point they might just run the ball. They know they're the vastly superior team. They're not gonna look to be, you know, doubling or tripling their score. They just wanna close out the game as quickly as possible. You do that by running the ball. And you score less points when you run the football. So uh, look, just based on the merit of the team, I'd have to lean Kansas, but it's a it's an awfully big spread. Yeah. yeah. Um. So now Andy Dalton 
is now traveling with the Saints to San Francisco. San Fran are nine point favorites. It was a really um really sad interview there with Jameis Winston. He said his soul hurts because he lost his starting quarterback job while injured. He says that's it's an unwritten rule that doesn't happen. If you should have lost your starting quarterback job three years ago. Yeah. Um, moving on. Yeah, give me the Niners here. Uh, happy then coming that spread uh, finally then I suppose the late game Sunday night Packers and Eagles Eagles open up as 7.5 favourites Packers have been a bad road this season um, and I suppose obviously our only loss comes at home obviously the Commanders but I just think yeah I, I back us I think the Packers' defense is kind of at times confused and depleted. So I think, yeah, Eagles win, cover the spread. And I hope that doesn't sound biased because it's really not intended to be. I think I've, if if I went back and looked at all my Eagles picks, I probably don't have a good record with them. I think whenever I feel confident, you know, they, they drop the ball and let the you know don't cover the spread or whenever i'm wary that's when they do cover the spread uh i'm gonna go with the packers plus the spread here only because i i bet on the eagles last week against indy and well we all know how that went i i got the job done they did i know i know but to just cover the spread look they should the Packers' defense is not as good, and the offense isn't great either. So, the Eagles, fuck's sake, I'm gonna jinx it here, but they should, they should uh, cover that spread. Did you just swear live on air? Yeah. Apologies to all our um, our young. Apologies to the kids. Yeah. Um, the final game of the week, the Steelers travel. To Indy. Indy are two and a half point favourites. Um, that's an interesting spread. Without going on about it too much. Give me the Steelers. Give me those Steelers. Give me the Steelers to win. Give me Mike Tomlin. No. Kenny Pickett. No. Um, You're wrong. Golds have looked good under under Jeff Sardin. The defenses look good. I think all of a sudden they're kind of leaning on Jonathan Taylor. And look, we we know he's limited, but Matt Ryan hasn't been woeful. Um, if you factor in what he is in I, the I'm last two weeks, Colts and back and cover the spread. All right, man. We're gonna have to revisit this next week because we've differed on a number of fixtures. Yeah, Pff, we need to step. Start keeping track here. Get a head to head. Don't ask me how I. Maybe don't. Maybe don't ask me how I am in the future. You just made me. Yeah. Argumentative and confrontational. Something. Something stuff. was look, off this whole. This whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I suppose. Look, that's it for the week twelve previews. Got a little something special for you though. Um, oh. I think it's time for punter on the field. Punter on the field. That's right, and we've got a. We're gonna keep it simple. We're just taking um, 
six picks against the spread. We're going to start off with the Thanksgiving Thursday tipple. We're going to go Minnesota minus two and a half, Detroit plus nine and a half, and Dallas minus nine. Nice and easy, nice and simple. Keep it secret, keep it safe. And we're going to go with the second legger. This is just three selections. <laughs> it's reference Lord of the Rings. Yes, <laughs> I was in a groove there. Yeah, I, I Lord of the Rings. We're trying to hit all yeah. of the um, the audiences today. You know, every French... possible cultural reference by season end. <laughs> yeah. All your money back. Yeah. <laughs> Our second legger. Uh, just three points from the main Sunday slate. Uh, the Titans plus one and a half, Seattle minus three and a half, and the under 46 points total in Houston at Miami. Um, I, I would normally say trust the process and you'll, you'll see returns, but that hasn't happened for a little while. So I'm just going to say, betters beware. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably accurate at this stage. Yes, but look, we're trying. Bet if you dare. Look, as the fella says, please gamble responsibly, and when the fun stops, stop. Um, I suppose that's all from me. I think, and we're looking at about an hour and fifteen minutes. That's, that's is that a record? A new, is that a record? Maybe. Yeah, boy. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Potentially. Maybe. Someday. Who knows? We'll have but to look, check that's the record. All from me. Thanks very much for listening. Regardless of where you tune into this podcast, it does make a big difference to us if you could just maybe leave a review or leave a kind of a rating. Um, it works the algorithms and it helps kind of us find our way into more devices and more people listening on a weekly basis. So it does make a huge difference. Um, yeah, look, say, I expected I expected a lot of our listenership to be you know purely localized within ireland but we have been getting a bit of interest overseas so if you are an, uh, an international listener or or as we like to call them foreigners um if you are a foreigner <laughs> listener leave a review tell us where you're you're listening from and we'll give you a shout out we'll read your review in fact if it's a little bit humorous um and five stars of course don't bother with the one star review nobody cares um that's all from me thank you and good night We better put some people in the end zone, right, Joe? That's exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.